It's Craggy's Connacht Rugby Podcast. It's the sports ground, round three of the Challenge Cup. Breathe visiting at us, and we're in a very cold and pretty windy and a bit damp sports ground. And I've got Danny Deegan here. Um, what do you reckon, Dan? I've given some of the weather I was going to ask you to do, but I've already done it. But what are your thoughts of what Connacht are going to do, hopefully, tonight? Well, I hope we get a bonus point, to be honest. Um, as I walked out of the, the, the press room down the stairs, a couple of brave guys were coming out with me, and they weren't too pleased with the wind blowing by. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how, how they're feeling about it. I think we'll see that very early on, if they're going to turn up and actually play a game, or is it just going to be a case of showing face? As you say, yeah, let's hope we get a bonus point. Much like the women just did in their excellent win up in uh, Ravenhill with a, a bonus point victory to get their Interpro season back on track and they'll have Munster here in the sports ground next week. Yeah, no, they, they, they did very well, especially in the last 10-15 uh, minutes. Uh, Ulster really had them under pressure, but uh, the Connacht line-out came good. Rob, three line-outs. I, think, I know they let them in at the end, but it doesn't matter. Game was over, so fair play. Absolutely. Let's hope we get a win here today in the sports ground. So this is a brief just leaving the field just before kickoff, and we'll uh, talk to you again on 20 minutes. Okay, 20 minutes gone. Game's still going ahead, but Connacht are winning 21 0, Danny. It's all too easy. Yeah, it's very easy. Um, Connacht, Connacht have come out the blocks firing, and brief re- at times don't look like they want to be here. Um, but Connacht have taken their tries really well. Breaver falling off tackles making it very easy for Connacht but I'd like to see them keep keep putting on the points let's see if we have a bonus point at half time Connacht have their bonus point it's 33 points to 5 um, they sort of lost their way a little bit in the last 5-10 minutes at half because it really isn't that competitive a game no it isn't um, it's kind of like they played 14 games this season and they've only managed to uh, get into double figures of 22 entries twice we're now on nine and one half. So uh, it's a bit one-sided. And that's against the wind. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what we do with the wind. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a bit disappointed, Breve, just they really aren't interested. They, they did score a nice try. It was a lovely bit of skill from the, the 10. Rafi. Yeah, there's a reason why I didn't want him to come. <laughs> yeah, he showed that little bit of touch of class, but he hasn't done much else, mainly because their forwards are getting beaten up by Connacht, so there's not a whole hell of a lot to say about this game. 33-5 at half-time, Connacht might want to break 50 to put 55 on Breeze the last time they played him, and of course Jack will try and break Eric's record. Yeah, I'd say that's probably on in the back of his mind, but get the bonus point. Uh, get, the, get the bonus point, you know, it's kind of job done, so... Yeah, you want to get the points difference as well. Whatever advantage we can into the going into the last round, get as many points as we can possibly get. We'll talk again on 60 minutes. Uh, Connacht now lead 47 points to five, and Alex Wooden's got a hat trick. 12th Connacht player in the professional era to do so. And if he gets over one more time, he'll be the second player to get four in a game. Man, Haley did it here uh, back in 2017 against Breve. So yeah, not much of a contest really. At least Breve have tried to play a bit of rugby in the second half, but. Um, it's not great stuff, it has to be said. But we'll take the win, we'll take the bonus point, and we'll take the extra points that are on offer. Might see, see one or two more tries. Yeah. Will they break their record of scoring more than 56 points against the French team? We'll see at full time. Great win for Connacht, 61 points to five. They're most points I've ever scored against a, a French team. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Good win. Um, keep, keeps the goals alive, and next week get another 
another bonus points against Newcastle. Well, let's get a win first. I'd be quite happy to win. We've only ever won twice in England, so... Yeah, but we need the bonus point to kind of try and keep in fourth. That's my point. I have to go and do that. They do. Let's get a win. Get a home quarterfinal, home round of 16. If you get a bonus point, all the better. Um, so, yeah, good win. Not much else to say. Here's the post-match press conference. Connick 61, Brie 5. Um, sum that up for me. What is that like in the coach's box? It's, it's the sort of game you want once in a while. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's much easier when you um, when you're playing rugby like that and you got a scoreline like that. I, I just thought, um, yeah, you know, I've said it for a few weeks. I feel I felt like we've been building something, um, but to go out there, I thought that first thirty minutes was outstanding. Just a lot of good rugby, a lot of good attitude around the way we wanted to play, but also I just thought the overall accuracy of what we were doing was was really good. We fell into a bit of a hole when we emptied the bench. We probably. 20 minutes to go, 25, 20 minutes to go. Um, but I thought we worked our way out of that again. So, yeah, really pleased with the lads. I thought they were great. I suppose the standout is Alex Wooten. We've been sort of wondering where he was. Haven't seen him for a while. He was scoring tries for fun a couple of seasons ago. But that tonight looked a pretty all-round performance. He seemed to take the game by the scruff of the neck and he fed off Mac Hansen, who was in the middle of everything. Yeah, I thought... Um I thought Woods did very well scoring three tries. Nice to see him um, actually carry hard and carry with intent, which, uh, you know, you know when he does that, he's a, he's a hell of an athlete. He's a powerful boy. He's a fast man too. And, you know, to pick up three tries was great. I thought some of the work that Mac did, it was, it was pretty special to watch. But I thought inside of them, um, the 9, 10, 12, 13, I thought they were pretty damn good too. I, I loved Colin Riley's game. I just thought the speed of the ball was excellent. Carl Ford. Um, it's just so calm as a young bloke. You know, he just when he needs to carry it, he carries it. When he needs to to move it, he moves it, and he makes his tackles too. And I thought Byron Ralston had by far the best game I've seen him play in a Connacht jersey. So um, lots to like about it. And, and when all that's happening inside you, um, blokes like Woods tend to be the recipient of of good news. And he's got to be good enough to finish him, which he was. But he, he did well. Forwards had to produce good ball as well, which they did. They were very competent. They got stuck into their line-out a couple of times early. And it looked to me, was there a more simple attack policy in place in that game? We might have seen it last week as well against the Sharks, that there's not as much off the ball running. It's mostly we're trying to pass this ball at speed. We're looking to move and either take contact or move the ball on. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment, mate. I think um, you know one of the things that Pete Wilkins pushes uh, is bodies in motion and having bodies in motion, and and you saw a lot of bodies moving there today, and that makes it hard for defence. And the and the other thing which I think we've we've been really good at all year, but you certainly saw it in in play tonight, was the speed of ball. Um, Cully Tucker's done an amazing job with our breakdown. Um, but yeah, when you're getting quick ball like that, and then when you're getting the skills work that that's going on around it, which again is an area that, that Mossy Lawler works hard on, uh, you tend to get a, some results like that or, or some some play like that. So it, it was nice to see it come together. Can they kick on from that? I mean, next week's going to be a, a bigger challenge, but it's team maybe in a similar position who don't have anything to play for, um, and maybe have one eye on their position in their own league. Um, there's going to be a lot of guys as well putting their hands up for uh, selection now. Yeah, you get yeah you get a performance like that. Everyone now wants to be involved, so it was good to see so many of our non-players there tonight. I thought that was impressive. 
and you know they're all enjoying that that victory as well. But they'll all want to now be wearing the jersey and show what they can do when you're playing that type of footy. So, yeah, Newcastle's it, it, it's, that's going to be different again. Um, you saw them put a, a very big score on Leicester Tigers a few weeks ago. I uh, haven't seen how they've gone today, um, but uh, they'll be tough. It would be nice to make it four out of four in, in the Challenge Cup, and then we come back and we've got the Lions the week after. So, um, you know, two, two tough games to finish off this block. Let's hope that momentum keeps going. Just to go back to Mac Hansen, um, put his hand up, did he, for 15? Did he ask to play at 15? Or where did that decision come from? Because it, it did seem to get him more ball and more involved. Um, but he wasn't asked maybe a lot of defensive questions this evening. Yeah, he, he um, when he first got here, he said he's, he said my best position's 15, um, but we'd stuck him on the wing and he was doing so well there, we didn't want to change it, to be honest. He had a few chances last year, but uh, it, it, we felt after that that maybe wing was, was the bit where he was he was he looked most comfortable. Um, but uh, to give him another opportunity, I think it was a... a a wise selection there from Pete to throw him in at 15 and uh, yeah, he did pretty well there tonight, didn't he? He certainly did. What about inju- any injury worries at all out of that game? Anybody come off with knocks? No, we looked pretty clean, to be honest. We had, you know, Porchy had a poke in the eye, that's why we took him off. So we were trying to protect him a touch. Um, Ken Prendergast at the end just had a, a heel that was causing him a bit of grief, but we didn't need to push him through those last five minutes, so we played with 14 men in the last five minutes. But but shy of that, most of the blokes seemed to come through well. Big win. Um, bit of fun out there, watching you know, all the backs run around and score lots of tries after the, you got them some good ball. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, an enjoyable night here at the sports grounds. Um, all week we were kind of weary what the weather would be like last week. Um, thankfully, it held out. Um, and we put in a, tr- a strong performance, but there's things we look back on as well. We lost, I think it was three lineouts, which we take massive pride in. Um, but yeah, pretty much positive for the rest of the game. Uh, very happy with it and uh, a huge score put on. Um, my biggest score, so I'm delighted with it. It's biggest win over a French team. Um, I have to say, uh, you're, a, you're a hard taskmaster to be worrying about the three lineouts, but that's a sign of a team that's... That unit of the team is working as a unit as well as the overall plan for the 23. Yeah, it's funny because we, we can say that everything went so well um, and then you go, like especially after a big win like that, um, you go in on Monday morning and you're all happy and everyone's happy um, and then you sit down with the coaches and all of a sudden not everything is so perfect. Um, you can like analyse an, analyze everything and all of a sudden you're like, Jesus, that's not so good like a lot of our drills in the line out um, didn't go as planned um, and all over the place like in our in our open play um, we kind of once we put the, a few tries on them we started going out of shape and out of our own character and they scored a try started getting a few penalties and all of a sudden the game swings like that but thankfully we, we calmed the storm and it was all good in the end so Devault's going to come in with his video machine, is he? And he's going to be the party pooper. We don't, we don't know, but hopefully not. Um. I hope not. You won sixty-one-five, but you have to handle that. When you're in a game like that, and you know, Connick were away and gone at half time. Really, uh, it's certainly the, you know, that's what it looks like to us watching on. How do you keep the concentration? Do you have to drive each other on, or is it an individual thing, or is it a team collective? Somebody has to be 
just pushing, pushing, pushing because you can't step off the gas a bit because the yeah. game, the game's done. Yeah, it's a lot of fun um, until we give away a penalty or something like that, and all of a sudden we're in the huddle taking a breath, calming the heart rate down, um, listening to one of the leaders, whoever it is, whoever wants to talk. Maybe a message might come on from the twenty-fourth men or the, the water runners to uh, just relax, go back to our basics, and. We start again, start from zero, and all of a sudden we're back on top, back on the front foot. Who talks in those situations? Is it you know, is it Jack as the captain, or can anybody step up that's in the leadership, or one of the more senior players? How how does does that just happen? You, you, anybody can get involved once you're in the huddle. Um, we try to keep it as many as little voices as possible. So during the week, we like it changed every week, but during the week we'd have a defence leader and an attack leader, and then Jack could talk as well. But um, if the defence isn't going well, the defence leader, or whoever that is, it changes every week, but whoever that is can just say, listen, lads, get back into our lanes and all that, and then we go from there. So, big game next week now. It's an important game for Connacht away to Newcastle. Have you had a look at them yet, or does that, that comes after you've been chastised for the three lineouts that have failed, maybe on Monday or maybe not, but do you just move on then? I mean, it's, it's a big opportunity for Connacht. A win there can get them home field advantage in further in this competition and that's a big big plus yeah um, we've obviously studied them from playing them a month ago but um, as far as last week we, we didn't look at them didn't bat and I did at them um, we'll get straight into it we'll review them review that game and then preview Newcastle again surfing zero um, and it's a massive game for us we're, we're going all, gun, all guns blazing for this one um, to get home whatever it is quarterfinal around whatever it's 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 a it's a round of sixteen, but that's fair enough. It's a big weekend as well, and a great bit of fundraising uh, last weekend uh, with the brother. That was a phenomenal effort. Uh, you must be very pleased with the outcome of that as as a family group yeah. for all that you put in. Delighted. Um, look, three years of growing his hair uh, started out as a joke between me and Dara. Um, who could have the longest rat's tail? Who could have the longest mullet? I eventually gave in when lockdown ended. The the initial one. Um, I couldn't be going around with that big mop of head, head of hair on me, so I gave in, um, and he kept going. All of a sudden, it just took over, and it was a, his identity, basically. He'd be walking down the streets, and be, people be like, oh, my God, I love your mullet, or whatever, can I get a photo with you? And uh, he was like, how am I going to get rid of this? So he did a lot of work uh, with Deirdre. Um, my auntie passed away then, and he was like, Look, I'm going to give it away to cancer, and um, I think he he raised 13 grand with Laura Lynn, and he raised over five grand with Roscommon Mayo Hospice. Um, so yeah, absolutely delighted. We didn't, not in a million years, did we think we'd raise so much money, but um, want to praise everyone and, and thank everyone for donating and all the, all the kind gestures. But uh, yeah, tremendous effort. Absolutely, you should be very proud of that. And uh, good luck if you're selected next week, and we'll talk to you again very soon. Thanks very much. Okay, that was Andy Friend, followed by Niall Murray talking to. William Davis and we're in the coil room again we've <laughs> we've co-opted this room for the, the podcast because it's too bloody cold to go outside and do it I've got Danny still with me I've got Dave Finn hiya Dave uh, I'd like to apologise to everybody the new technique of announcing the numbers the number of the score and letting you shout it out will not be continued next week <laughs> <laughs> that's for everybody who was in the ground they'll know what he was talking about and William you had a, had a busy night commentating a lot of tries to commentate on yeah, it was a good game to commentate on. It was good fun. There was something happening all the time. Connick were in charge. Sort of what I expected, but I thought Breve might do a little bit better and show a bit more uh, 
I don't know, front up. But the thing is, look, they've won three games in the top 14 and that's where their focus is. And, you, you know, you can understand that because it's such a bad start to the season. But there was nobody out there who put their hand up for selection either next week in this competition or the following week in the uh, top 14. No, no, certainly not. And they even took their two most experienced players off after 60 minutes, so, um, which left it became a bit of a mess. Danny, we were just talking to you during the game. Anything now that you've had a chance for a few minutes to think about excited you most about the game? I suppose Alex Witten getting a hat-trick was pretty cool. Yeah, it was, it was great to see him get back on the, the scoreboard, but I was really impressed with uh, Ford again. Um, took a try really well. And um, Byron Ralston, holy cow, can he hit, guys. But uh, actually, the, with the one that really sticks out is Riley uh, pumping Big Papa. <laughs> it was brilliant. <laughs> it's how yeah. you hit a big man. Yeah, from the back of a scrum to see Big Papa being driven backwards by a guy half his size was pretty special, William. Yeah, we had a good bit of fun with that in the uh, in the commentary box. I, I think the uh, the key for that was I don't think he was actually supposed to pick the ball up. There was a miscommunication and. Uh, yeah, Riley just got in underneath him, but it was good. There was a lot of small things. There was uh, at one stage in the second half, and Connacht were they were never struggling. But Josh Murphy drove a guy back 15 metres into his 22. And that took away any option other than kicking. And the kick was hopeless and Connacht scored a try off it. And it's the small things like that that you don't really see. But there was a lot of that going on tonight. They had passing options both sides if that player gets away with it suddenly he's 15 metres he's back on his bum mm. and it's cleared by Breve but the, all they can do then is boot it and they got it wrong and that's what you need to see it's, it's, and the try is in 45 seconds later and that's brilliant and that's something we haven't seen from Connacht and I will take on board absolutely who the opposition were how switched on or off they were but there was a lot to like about that performance and they have to carry that on now next week and then they have to bring it into the Lions game as well. The same intent and I think they have simplified their attack plan a lot. It now looks about players running onto the ball, passing the ball, taking contact, getting it back. There's no... um, There isn't any... There's many dummy runners. There isn't much complication in it and it looks a really slick attack when it's working like that. We saw a bit of it last week. Uh, we actually saw a little bit of a couple of times against Ulster back mm. in December. So I think that's there, and obviously other sides will, will analyse that and see that as well, but I think it looks a lot better. Yes, Dave, you were standing in for the legend that is John Mulligan on uh, stadium announcements today. How was, how was the view like from where you were watching the game? You want an honest answer to that question because yes, the, the view is diabolical in terms of what you can actually see at the pitch. Um, in terms of the screens, uh, fantastic. I'll say the boys, there's a lot of guys doing a, doing a lot of work up there. They're all under they're, uh, under Kieran Hartigan, who's, who did the documentary many years ago. Um, but the two boys up there, uh, Stephen and, and, and Dan, were, were fantastic. It was great help and we kind of had to coordinate between the various. It went very smoothly. In terms of what you can actually see up there... Um, like I say, you you just get the uh, the Bohemore goal and maybe the, the the Grant Thornton stand. You have to get up to see where the clock, which can be a bit annoying if you're relying on the clock because there's actually no match clock in there. Um, in and you also you can't see any conversions that are being kicked at the uh, College Road end. You have to we have to go up and look at the screen because we have to switch the main screen off because that's what goes out on the main screen. So we can't put that on. So we end up just 
looking at a tiny, very small window to see if there's conversion. So if we, we, you know, it, it was good tonight, but I can imagine sometimes the really interesting thing was I had Reflink for the first time in a long time. It, it was fascinating. Um, did lead to the Connor Oliver incident, but that's because the, refer, the referee being Italian went to a TMO, was Italian, and I kind of worked out who was who, uh, TMO's voice. Uh, I thought the touch judge, I, I know I give out, but touch judge is not. Assistant referee. Uh, assistant referees, n- no, touch judging. Uh, touch judges, not um, uh, not uh, calling things. Somebody called a lot tonight. Now, it might have been both assistants. It might have been one assistant rather than the other senior assistant, but there was a lot of calls. They And as soon as something went down, you could hear Verde Blanco. You knew it was going to be against them. I thought they were exceptional. I think... It's wrestling really in situations like this is really fascinating. Unfortunately, my Italian isn't good enough, so I don't exactly know exactly what was being said. It was it's fascinating. I think uh, great respect for John for because he does it every week. Uh, great respect for the boys up there. It's also warm, and I think I'll leave it there. <laughs> yes, exactly. We were pretty cold because William, you were pretty warm up in your box as well, weren't you? Myself and Danny were frozen down on the thing, and Lily was frozen, more frozen, sitting down in the in the press box. We have an electric heater actually, which we turned up to the max, so we could have our window open then for fresh air and heat. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> the first try was absolutely outrageous. Was, and that set the tone. Jack Carty does a cross kick. John Porch goes. He's coming like a train. I, I, I was. Uh, Rob was actually trying to do an update on a GAA score. So he was looking down at his screen. He always is expecting Jack to kick it to the corner, which 99.9% of the time. Mm-hmm. But I actually said, Carty's done a cross kick here. And I said, there's a player coming. I couldn't see that it was Porch. And Kevin Fabian was looking at it going, you've got to be kidding me. And then John Porch just ran straight past him, grabbed the ball, and down he went. And that set the tone for the game. That could have gone wrong. Fabian, Fabian could have collected the ball and gone the length of the pitch, or John Porch might have got there, and people would have said, what the hell was that? But it was just a bit of arrogance, and it was brilliant. Lenny, we're just, gonna, just before we talk about the, the women, because um, they had a great win, anything that sort of stood out for you on the match tonight? The scoreline. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you look at all all around and the set piece was solid and good set piece. Um, obviously, Alex Wharton coming back is it only his third or third or fourth match this season mm-hmm. was you know a great addition and I thought himself and and um, Mac, Mac <coughs> Hanson obviously had a really a good sort of relationship on the pitch together and in fact it was a couple of times both tr- the tries came from both their interactions on the field so I thought they worked very well together um, anything else? I, I just think it was a good all-round game but taking the opposition into account because let's face it I don't think that Newcastle are going to be quite so easy as that team look, look this, that was a team of Callow youths, essentially, you know. And so I would be very upset if the score was 21-12. So that is the type of score which is more than acceptable. So it's, it's a fair reflection of where Connacht are at compared to that side that came over here. But let's not get too carried away by that result, apart from the fact that they did go and they did do it and they did score nine tries. So... You know, fair juice to them. If if they hadn't have one, would have been disappointed, possibly. Exactly, exactly. Okay, to finish off the podcast, we'll talk about the second Connacht team that we're playing today up in Ravenhill, and uh, Connacht women had an excellent bonus point win in Ulster. William, 
Yeah, they did. They played very well. It was a game of two halves, really, due to the wind. They were 20 nil up at half time, and they finished up winning 25-19. So, and I think Ulster were worth their bonus point. They they worked very very hard. Um, it was just a good, solid performance. A lot of errors by both sides. The conditions were very very difficult. But look, it sets up next Saturday here. Mm-hmm. Munster today won their second game, beat Leinster. They're coming here expecting to win, expecting to win the Interpro title. They'll be under pressure in that game, and it's up to Connacht to get stuck into them next Saturday as hard as they can. Connacht have five points, Munster have ten points. Well, if Connacht get their win next Saturday and they get a bonus point, they're equal. Uh, I would expect Leinster to beat Ulster. So you could have three teams on ten points. Um, It'll be a big ask. Munster are... They look very, very good this year. Um, But I was really impressed with this performance because they they fell away a bit against Leinster, Mm. but they stuck at it hard in this game. They really had to. But they do need better exit strategies when they're under pressure. They're going to have to come up with something a bit different. And I'm, you know, the the time is tight for them. As I pointed out in the interviews, or they pointed out, you know, these these women all work. They are working, uh, and then they're they're doing gym in the morning, and they go to work, and then they come out here. They were out here on Thursday night in a monsoon. Um, it was beyond grim. We had to do the interviews before they started because I knew by the end of the game you couldn't ask them to stop to talk to you. They would have been shivering, they'd have been soaking wet. But they all turned up and they were all ready to go and that's the dedication and we hope next Saturday now I'd urge people, we'll be in Newcastle, but I'd urge people get up here at one o'clock and uh, get behind them. They will and Dave, you're going to cover it for us. Um, So we'll definitely have some coverage there and um, hopefully we'll have a big... We'll have a big support base there because it's definitely worth coming up and, and supporting these women because they, they provide a level of commitment that is well worth anybody coming up to support them. Oh, absolutely. They're a comic team. We support all our comic teams, especially our senior teams. Christ, I if we get it even... I know we had 4,000 here tonight. If we get 2,000 next week, really make it... Intimidate Munster. We don't know. I mean, effectively, Munster are a club side. There's an awful lot from Railway Union and they have a lot of relationships built up. We have a bit more of a... a we have a few more clubs involved... Um, and we have a young team, but a lot of these girls have come through, come through, um, through club size and the work that's been done, as we see with the minis every time. So come up next week. If Clara Barrett excites me, she was miles behind her opponents for that first round. She just out-sprinted the doom. It was a brilliant try. Uh, I think Nicole Fowley's been going well. We, they did, I know they lost last weekend on the scoreline, but the scoreline didn't reflect the first half. Leinster made a lot of mistakes, but that's because our pack was putting them under pressure. Yeah, there's a few more guys in the Leinster squad who have got a bit more of a professional background. You know, obviously the way the game is in this country is moving towards this three or four super clubs. But there's no reason why they can't beat Munster. And I mean, the pressure's on Munster. They're expected to win. Our girls can go out there. And if we get behind them and get up here at one o'clock next week and give them a make, make, intimidate them. Do for the women what we do for the guys. I think that's what we need the, the Connacht crowd to do. And maybe, yeah, maybe we could end up. Who knows? Ulster might beat Leinster. We can be, we've been five points, get, a, get enough of a turnaround, and who knows, we may sneak the title on points difference. It's a bit of a long shot, I accept, but why not believe it can happen? Exactly. I think we can finish on that positive note after a very positive day for Connacht Rugby. That's it, folks. Loose, cut it loose. Break out or nothing changes. Side.